Thank you for choosing to listen to the Mummy on a Break podcast. I am Maria Newman, otherwise known as Mummy on a Break. My journey to becoming Mummy on a Break started back in 2016. That's the year I took voluntary redundancy whilst on maternity leave with my second baby and without really having a plan. The only thing I knew at that moment was that I needed to change my job and if I didn't seize the day and take my chance, I'd be in the same job doing the same thing up until I retired. That thought really scared me. So long story short, I embarked on my journey of being mummy on a break, which started with me actually deciding to start my own business. And by following a very windy road led me to create the life I really wanted. I now help women who are like the old me. I help busy working mums who are fed up of the routine, the daily routine, and want to take back control and create the life they really want in their work, their relationships, their wellness, their money, and the fun stuff. If you want to find out more about how I can help you, then check out my website, mummyonabreak.co.uk and click work with me. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Welcome to the Mummy on a Break podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I am Mummy on a Break. You can find out more about me, what I do and Mummy on a Break on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. This podcast series is all about taking care of yourself inside and out. I will be interviewing six amazing women who are experts in their field and who will be sharing their secrets with us on how we can look good on the inside and out. My guest today is Vicky Henderson. Vicky is a qualified coach who believes that every one of us has the power and ability to achieve our highest aims whilst remaining true to ourselves. Vicky helps business leaders and teams to master their minds and harness their emotional intelligence to increase productivity, engagement, and resilience. So this podcast episode is about developing the right mindset in life to help boost confidence and enjoy life. Thanks, Vicky, for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me, Maria. (laughs) So before we jump into it, tell us a bit about yourself, your story, and how you got to where you are today. Oh, we could be here forever. Um, Okay, so... um, I'm uh, bizarrely on a mummy on a break podcast. I'm a single 45 year old with no kids. Um, (laughs) But back in um, my early 40s, I was in a pretty bad place. Um, I had long term chronic health problems, um, fibromyalgia, something called Ehlers-Danlos hypermobility. And I was pretty miserable at work. I was pretty miserable at home. My health was shocking. I lived in constant fatigue and pain. And I would describe myself um, as a mood hoover. So if there was a positive mood to be sucked out of a room, you could bring me in and I would achieve this in record time and manage to find the negative in everything. Um, And also, if you had a solution for any problem, um, I could find about 10 problems as to why the solution wouldn't work. So I was quite a challenging individual. Um, And... I kind of got to bet desperation points, like something's got to change. And I went on a weight loss journey, which kind of started it, the whole thing off. 
And then I discovered personal development. Now I went into network marketing. I can tell you now I'm a really useless network marketer. Not very good at that. But I discovered personal development and it was kind of very eye-opening because suddenly I'm spending all my time outside of work with these really motivated, positive people. I'm reading all of this stuff. And then uh, when I go to work, I'm this completely different misery guts. Um, So four years ago, almost to the day, I signed up to a coaching course and I went for three days to Manchester. Chester and I arrived with 63,000 kilos of excess emotional baggage and I spent three days crying, 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 laughing, making lifelong friends and on the Monday morning I went to work with a small clutch bag of emotional baggage under my arm, a completely new woman and that was the first step to me resigning and retraining as a coach. So I've been working now in this area full-time for three and a half years. Crikey, crikey. So let's um, take it back to basics. When we talk about mindset, because obviously this podcast is set around mindset, what are we actually referring to? We're basically referring to what's going on up here, up in your head. And there's a whole series, there's a cycle that goes on in your head. So you have your thoughts, which are part of your mindset, you have your thoughts. If you think those thoughts for long enough, they become a belief. Some of our beliefs are fantastic. Some of our beliefs are really not very useful at all. What that then dictates is your emotions and how you're feeling. And those three things, your thoughts, your beliefs and your emotions will then show up in your actions. Now, if you're in a negative thought cycle, a negative mindset, your actions are going to reflect what's going on in your mind. If you're in a positive mindset, your actions will reflect that. And your mindset has far, far reaching implications on how you perform at home, how you perform as a mum or a dad, how you perform as a kid at school, how you show up at work, how you show up with your friends, it goes everywhere so when you we're talking about mindset it's everything that's happening in your head whether you feel you're in control of it or not and we know obviously and from what you've said you know having the right mindset is a very powerful thing but what what does that actually mean okay so I specialize in an area called emotional intelligence now you have your IQ which lots of people know about some people might have taken an IQ test your IQ is fixed by about the age of 15 it's not going to change and you can add knowledge and skills on top of your IQ but it's actually not suddenly going to go shoot through the roof and you're not going to become a genius overnight Um, whereas your EQ your emotional intelligence is dynamic throughout your life some people have naturally high emotional intelligence some people have naturally low emotional intelligence but one thing that's really key is that at the moment our emotional intelligence has been challenged. So people who had high emotional intelligence will be going through the grief cycle that everyone else has been going through with COVID, but they will have a toolbox that allows them to bounce back more quickly. Whereas people with low emotional intelligence tend to get stuck in a low mode. They get stuck in a blame cycle where they blame the rest of the world for all their problems. They don't actually take responsibility themselves and therefore, they deal with things, they're not as resilient 
they struggle to deal with things. They simply don't have the toolbox to get themselves out of where they are. And that was certainly where I used to be. Um, so having a positive mindset, having high levels of emotional intelligence, it's been research has been done that basically emotional intelligence accounts for 85% of your success in any job, whether you're working on the shop floor in a factory or whether you're the CEO. And it accounts for more of your success than all of your skills and all of your knowledge. So if you think your skills and knowledge are accounting for 15% of your success, your attitude, your emotional intelligence accounts for the rest. So when people say in this country, don't bring your problems to work, park them outside, people can't do that. We are emotional beings. Very difficult to put what's going on in your head and your body to one side and say, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be Captain Fantastic at work. It doesn't work like that. So whether your employee or you or your partner or your kids are talking about what's going on in their head or not, if it's not the a positive forward thinking solution focused mindset, it's going to hinder their performance. So crikey. That's a lot. 85%. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm speechless. That's why I can't find anything to say. I didn't, I really didn't appreciate that, that the number was so high because you just assume wrongly that it's more to do with what you know and the skills you have as opposed to your attitude really and, you know, how you're feeling yeah, and I think, you know, we're a nation of, you know, stiff upper lip, can't show how we're feeling, particularly men and boys. It's all about, you know, man up and everything. I hate that phrase. Um, <laughs> and even to the women, you know, come on, man up. Um, and actually, we're emotional beings. Even, even the blokes that say, I don't do emotions, they're doing an emotion when they're saying, I don't do emotions. And a lot of people are very unaware of the impact that it's having on them. Now, but don't forget that, you know, you can bubble along being successful, inverted commas, without having very high levels of intelligence because you have an average level. But just think what you could achieve if you worked on your mindset and your emotional intelligence and it was up here and they what they've done in the work world is they've researched that basically um, for each one percent of emotional intelligence you increase you increase your potential earning power by a thousand pounds a year crikey well there you go so but also it, emotional intelligence your positive mindset it's gonna affect how you deal with conflict at home how you deal with relationships at home as well so it, it works on both sides of the equation so how can we kickstart getting ourselves in the right mindset and um, being more emotionally intelligent um finding out about it so one of the big things with emotional intelligence is um taking responsibility so look at what you can take responsibility for in your life. If you find yourself blaming, oh, well, I can't do this because of COVID. Well, there are certain things that you can't do because of COVID at the moment, but there are other things that you might just be blaming on COVID because you don't want to do them. So have a think about 
what you're blaming. You know, you have so many people who say they made me feel like that. They made me do this. Nobody makes you feel anything. Nobody makes you do anything. It's your choice. Don't blame the other person. So take responsibility. But when you're taking that responsibility, look at what you can control and what you can't control. So you can control your thoughts, your beliefs, your feelings, your decision, your behavior, you can control everything about you. What you cannot control is other people's thoughts, beliefs, feelings, behavior. You cannot control what's going on in the press. You cannot get other people to change their minds. So if you think you're going to have an argument with somebody and you're going to win, give up now. Okay. They have their opinion. You have your opinion. Their opinion is right for them and your opinion is right for you. And you will have a lot easier life if you let the anger go around this. Um, the biggest thing I started doing, this is my top tip for the day, when I started working on this, was I had a little book and every morning I would write down three things I was grateful for. Now, there's a doctor, a guy called Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's amazing. And he says that when you're in a state of gratitude, you trigger 1,200 chemical reactions in your body that are going to support it and start to heal it. So write down three things you're grateful for. The next thing I do every morning is write down three things I like about myself, because if you don't like and respect yourself and have a good self-concept, you're going to have negative self-talk. Now, mine used to be awful. It's not anymore. Write down three things you like about yourself. Then write down three things you're going to achieve in the day. We're just like big kids. We love a star chart. OK, kids love a star chart. We love a star chart. Everyone loves a star chart. Tick it off, because by writing down something you're going to achieve, achieving it and ticking it off. You're releasing all those positive hormones in your body. You're releasing the dopamine to get you going. You're releasing the serotonin. You're releasing all of this good stuff. Then at the end of the day, when you've ticked off your three things, write down what's been good about the day. Now, I don't care how bad your day's been. There are good things. When I lie in bed at night, I'm like, this has been a shitty day, but I have a roof over my house. I have heating to keep me warm. I have a hot shower that I can have. I can boil a kettle. We overlook all of these things because we're so focused on the past being not so good and the future being terrifying potentially or unsure or uncertain. So focus in on you. So those would be my four things that I do every day and I write them in a book. And I like that. I, I, do, I do something very similar. Um, so thinking about mindset as well, I, I see people broadly, and this is generalizing in two camps, you have the, um, people who think they're unlucky. So everything is bad, no matter what the day, um, throws at them. And then obviously there's the group that everything is good and they're the lucky people. And for me, mindset and how we view the world is all about whether we've got our eyes open or our eyes closed. So um, lucky people for me have their eyes open because they see all the good things and all the opportunities that come their way. And somebody might see them as lucky, but that's because their eyes are open. They're actually seeing what's in front of them. Whereas people who are the unlucky people for me walk around with their eyes closed so, you know, if an opportunity comes their way, they won't see it because their eyes are closed and therefore they think that good things don't come their way. So um, 
obviously being a qualified coach how can talk to me more about how <laughs> being a lucky person and you know being emotionally intelligent and being aware of what's out there how can that actually boost our confidence to give us more confidence and see things in a more positive light I think I need to use the quote of one of my very fine clients to he and she was a complete control freak and she was always looking for problems and she was she was really het up by life she was an angry struggling person and we worked together to move her to that more positive open-minded thing and her quote to me was I feel more in control of my life because I know I can't control everything and it was about letting go for her mm. so people come to me and they're often very problem focused now if you only focus on the problem I'm going to tell okay let's take this to a story we love a bit of storytelling we're coaches <laughs> if you focus on it imagine you're driving your car okay you're driving your car you've got your kids in the back and you're talking to them you might have your partner beside you and you might be talking to them the radio might be on you've got the gps on you know which car is beside you on both sides of the motorway you know who's behind you you know what's in front of you you know where you need to turn off you're looking at the signs to check that you're going in the right direction you know exactly where the speed camera might be because you flicked your eyes down to your sat nav you can see if the speed has gone variable you can see this is happening this is what we call being in a learning state, peripheral vision, open-minded. We're constantly doing all these different things. We don't even know we're doing it. It's almost like a state of hypnosis. Now, if the person in front of you slams their brakes down, you suddenly focus on that problem only. Now, the people in your unlucky camp are focused. They're like this the whole time. They're so problem-focused they're so cup half empty, the world is against me, that they're not looking for the opportunities and solutions that everybody else is. So a lot of it, it's literally about being closed-minded and open-minded. And the advantage of acknowledging that you are closed-minded, because that's one of the biggest steps and saying, actually, yes, I'm guilty of this, or this is a problem, or I need to change this. And the moving towards that more solution-focused, opportunity-focused, God, the world can be a different place. I still live in the same house. I still live in the same place as I did four years ago. But I go out walking now, and I see all the beautiful things in the world. I have a client at the moment who goes out walking, and all she's thinking about is the fact it's rainy and it's grey. And I'm just like, no, that's the world think you, you should be grateful that you can go walking so it's very much about being able to flip it now if you want to read a really good book go and find flip it by michael heppel really quite short book but it's a really clever book and it's about this is how i'm thinking and feeling how can i flip that so it's more positive and it's not going to happen overnight you are going to have to work at this um, and you'll see this in your children as well as yourself particularly and the more you see it in yourself and you can acknowledge where you're being like this and where you need to be like this the more you'll start to see it in your kids as well and your partner and everyone else around you so it's just about having taking the time to say 
I am worthy of some personal development and what could I be if I actually invested some time in myself? So going along that um, road of being, being negative and being closed-minded, typically, what are the blockers that you see in people that stop them from wanting to change their mindset? Because we all know, we're all told that, you know, you need to have the right mindset, you need to be positive. But some people just go, do you know what, I just, no, no. So what are the, the blockers that stop people from from taking that leap or making the decision I need to change so somewhere they can't they they don't believe they can change they believe it will be too much like hard work they won't they believe that it won't work for them there will be a fear of failure uh, there might be a fear of criticism a fear of judgment most of it boils down to fear and what we call self-limiting beliefs where I don't believe I can change because X happened 23 years ago and I'm still hanging on to it and I've been told I can't change. Or thinking about when you were growing up, maybe. Um, oh, I can't, I can't have pride in myself and celebrate my achievements because that looks like I'm being really, um, you know, I'm being, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm being cocky or I'm being arrogant. So, you know, you have to push all your achievements mm. down. Think about where these things think about the stories that you tell yourself because everybody's story is different and everybody's story that they're making excuses to stop what they want to do that's what's holding them back and you've got to overcome that story and it is and that self-talk isn't it oh yeah it's all your self-talk so if people can and, and it's so simple and we don't even realise we're actually doing it and the words that are going on in our heads. We're expecting it to be um, something quite ne always negative, whereas sometimes that self-talk to us can seem like it's a caring voice going, oh, no, you don't have to do that. That's OK. You know, just, you know, just go and stay inside. That's fine. But if you listen to what that voice is actually saying that that voice is stopping you from doing something that could be either amazing or take you to the next level because mm -hmm. the voice is trying to keep you safe. Absolutely. And there's something called a parts conflict in what I do, whereas somebody goes, oh, I really want to do this, but part of me says I can't. Or I've got an angel on one shoulder and a demon on the other. Or what, however you describe it. Or my head says one thing and my heart says the other thing. That's a conflict internally. And that's where you get the very negative self-talk. So myself and my clients, we work on bringing that conflict together because essentially both sides of the conflict want the same thing you might not think they do but they do and that's the best for you so if you can bring those two sides together and get them speaking nicely and playing well then you will have positive reassuring reaffirming go out and get there self-talk and it's transformational i am a walking example of it um and it you know anybody can do it so you've just got to believe in yourself and not think about what other people are going to say, what they're going to think. That's their problem. And do you know what? They're probably thinking, oh, my God, I can't do that. And I'd really like to. So get out there and do it and prove to everybody it is possible. So our listeners might be sat there going, do you know what? I really want to make a change, but I don't know how to start. What is that first step that they need to take? They need to go and take a long look at the mirror and say, I want to do this. 
and then they need to go and find solutions, whether that's listening to podcasts to get them into it. So, you know, there's lots of things out there, whether it's talking to someone like yourself or like me, whether it's talking to a counsellor, whatever it is, go and do some research as to what you want. And I'm quite sure that you would agree, Maria, that they could come and talk to us. And if we're not the right person for them, we know a whole host of other people who would be the right person for them. So that's something that's very important. It's about finding the right way for you to go about doing it. Um, but yeah, just just start. Look in your look in your mirror and say, "I am worthy of this." Let's go and do it. It is actually that simple, isn't it? It's yeah. this is not rocket science. It's just taking that first step and saying, "I want to make a change." I'm going to start. Yeah. 95% of the effort is in starting of doing anything. Once you get started, the rest is easy, but it's taking that first step. And what top three things would you like our listeners to take away from listening to this conversation today? I think the top three things would be believe that you can make the changes that you want to. Practice gratitude every day because my friend gives a 20 minute talk on things to be grateful for and making a cup of tea. There are lots to be grateful for in life. And the third thing is, once you've made that decision to change, keep practicing. It's not going to happen overnight. You've got to keep going and going and going and going. It's a lifestyle and mm. it's worth every penny mm. and every step you take and all the angst that you may or may not feel along the way. Amazing. And finally, Vicky, if everybody's enjoyed this conversation as much as I have, how can they find out more about what you do and how you can help? The real bulk of my information is on my website, which is uh, ascendperformancecoaching.com. But you will also track me down on Facebook as Vicky Henderson um, or ascendperformancecoaching.com. Likewise, I'm on LinkedIn and I am on Twitter and Instagram, but I don't really use them. So I'd hang out with me somewhere else if you want to hang out with me. Thank you very much, Vicky, for talking to me today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much, Maria. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. If you're interested in finding out how you can work with me and how I can help you, then head over to my website, www.mummyonabreak.co.uk and click on work with me. Take care.